email? It doesn't have an S anymore. <laughs> Quit pointing that out. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. <laughs> Try to keep it a secret or an ecret. <laughs> Did we get rid of that S too? Oh. <laughs> I'm getting rid of all the S's. We have oh many ecrets here. <laughs> All right, so in this program, Josh and I... I'm Jeff, by the way. I don't know if I needed to tell you guys that. I'm Josh. I was drinking juice. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh, he's doing the thing he hates. He's drinking on a podcast. I hate it. (laughs) Uh, On this program, Josh and I answer your emails with very uh, exemplary answers because we're the best. Like, super serious answers. Yeah. So, our first email... Is uh-huh. uh, from Tyler Fun. Okay. So I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna be super fun. Sounds like it. Uh, the email is called Thought Experiment. Uh, Thought Experiment, and sure. in um, parentheses, light. Light, like as in like light. Yeah, like sun? a like a light tea. Like a wait 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 you just confused. L I T E. Light. Oh, light. Like, like, like a light lunch. Light. <laughs> uh, Tyler okay. says, Howdy, boys. Tyler here. Really... Hi, Tyler. Oh, hi, Tyler. <laughs> uh, really enjoying catching up with the show. On to the point. Okay. Given that resources and situations can be, for the most part, easily replicated or simulated in the holodeck, what mm-hmm. hobby or currently difficult slash impossible talent or skill would you pursue? My mind immediately went to the skilled carving of rare minerals. The reason being that not only would I have no idea how to start carving a piece of jade, I can't afford to try. That's a great example of, like, a thing that is difficult to do now that you need to, like, study as as an apprentice, I would assume. He gave some other examples as well. Like a jeweler, right? It's hard to be a jeweler. Oh yeah, and I, like, how do you practice that? You know? I have no idea. I don't have any idea. I'm, I have no clue. He gave some other examples, like experiencing or participating in great historical or just fun events throughout history. Oh, you see that all the time in Star Trek. Yeah. Super Academy Karate, <laughs> becoming the world's best bartender, and so on. <laughs> like Cocktail, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> starring Tom Cruise. So, what would you do? What would be I definitely. I wouldn't do cocktail. That no, I don't care about that that much. That's a great question. Um, I, I tell you what, I don't know. I, I think I would want to carve marble, like yeah, classical oh, like artists. sculpting. Yeah, cla- yeah, classical artists like sculpted marble, and they made yeah. these beautiful creations out of it. And like, how the fuck do you learn that? You know, you have to sculpt marble to, to learn how to do, do it. it. Yeah, marble's, marble's crazy like, expensive. It's like insanely expensive. Yeah, uh, I would say like blacksmithing, like oh sword yeah, that'd be fucking cool. Stuff, which isn't so far out of the realm of possibility now because it's it's steel and steel's like easily made. Like you, yeah, but like steel. how do you get the equipment for that? And just, yeah, you, you have know? to like know somebody or like yeah, be you'd rich. have to be an apprentice or something. Yeah, that's a uh, great one. I would do that. I would. I would love history too. So I would do historical oh, things. Yeah. But like, I would always in the back of my mind know that this was like a, a hologram. So I wouldn't know like if I trusted it. You know what I mean? Like I would be like, you got to throw yourself into it. Like really, 
The number one thing I think I would do on the holodeck is um, basically what Picard does. Just go on, like, noir detective adventures. <laughs> I would <laughs> yeah, fucking love that. a lot. That. I've heard you say you do like like a, a, a detective story, and I, I do. myself do too. I'm a big fan of detective stories of all stripes. Like I feel like police procedurals on TV have like ruined the idea yes, of a detective story. Have. I absolutely agree with that. But because there's no detective story, you as the audience already know what the fuck's happening every episode. Yeah, it's, it's like bullshit. It's like a bullshit detective yeah. story. But like, I really love a great detective story. So yeah, I good do a ones lot are of, amazing. I, I do a lot of like crazy fucking like fantasy adventures too. Oh hell yeah! I, do like D and D campaigns. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Like, That'd be sweet. Your your DM is standing outside like fiddling with the controls on the fucking holodeck, <laughs> trying like setting sweet. everything up for you. That'd be amazing. I don't know what else I would. I don't know. Do things that I'm afraid of. Like flying, yeah. Go hang gliding. That'd be really fun. Belana Torres does that like atmosphere jumping. Oh yeah, that'd be crazy. Like fucking what's his name? That guy who jumped out of that balloon. Remember I, that? I guess I would do oil painting because oil painting isn't crazy expensive, but it's expensive for me. Like, it would right be now. interesting. Yeah, well, it will be interesting, like stuff like that, because like it's like less messy to do yeah. it in the holodeck, right? For sure. The only problem being that you don't have the painting at the end. It's all well, you could. Well, that's no. The, that's a no, good Jeff. Part. No, Jeff. No. Oh. You just say save this painting, and then you replicate it in the replicator. That's true. the The thing <laughs> is, like, that would probably be good. A problem I have as an artist is, I don't know, it might be weird for people who aren't Get, artists. Getting rid of your art, you it, mean? It's like, when I make something, I want it to be something. I'm not looking at it yeah. as a learning experience, because it needs to be something at the end of it. Right. If it was just going to disappear into nothingness anyway, I would just be spending my time trying to like learn the techniques and not be so worried about what it looks like at the end. It's like those Buddhists who make those sand art and then they blow them out. Yeah, exactly. Like You don't do that. I, it's difficult for me to just make something and not be like, all right, it has to be a piece at the end. It has to be like a finished piece. I'm pretty good at just doing things and letting them exist in the way that they are um like i'm not like a super perfectionist about stuff like uh, that i unfortunately am i feel like I, I inherited that from my dad my dad was always like a super perfectionist like every yeah. angle he was a contractor so like every angle had to be perfect yeah my dad had ocd and i think that's why i am the way i because i don't care i'm just like well whatever like I'll just go where the universe takes me right now. You know, when it, when it comes to not art, I don't really care. Like right. people always ask me, like when I play video games and stuff, like, oh, you're not gonna like get that item? Yeah, I don't care. Like I don't give a fuck. Like, oh, that I'm totally the opposite. That way I'm like, no, I need this shit. The only thing I need in video games is the outfits. I gotta have every outfit yes. in a video game. Oh god. <laughs> Dude, you gotta. Oh god, I'm I'm so obsessed with the outfits in Elder Scrolls. It's like ridiculous. It's. I don't know. I don't know if I could play a game where there's endless outfits that just keep oh, getting added. That they would keep getting like new outfits, fucking, man. It's like Sisyphus pushing the fucking rock. I the know. Mountain, Yo, <laughs> I, got, I got this like really hoochie ass dress last night, and I was like, <laughs> I love this dress. I'm just playing dolls, dude. I'm fucking yeah, just playing it's dolls. Playing dress up. Like I yeah. love playing dress yeah. up in video games. I do too. I do too. Um, he continues extraneous. 
It's 5 a.m., okay. and I keep thinking about lower-level crew on long interstellar voyages. Not, uh-huh. not everyone is constantly exhausted from planet hopping and saving the galaxy. Most crew will have to find things to fill the downtime since shore leave isn't common when the nearest shore is a few dozen light years away. Holodecks, baby. That's holodeck. <laughs> That that's is why they have them, yeah. That's why they have multiple holodecks throughout the the ship. Yeah. So that everybody has, like, they have scheduled time on the holodeck. Yeah, you can get off. your fuck going on that holodeck. That's true. You can do whatever the fuck you want in there. Yeah. I don't think I would get my fucks on because I'm married. I don't think my wife would appreciate that. Uh, I, I've had this conversation with many people about, like, what's the line, right? Like, where's that line? Well, the it's thing very is, blurry. like, as a human being, I have a limited amount of sex in me, right? <laughs> what are you, Donald Trump? You only have so many heartbeats, you can't have more sex? <laughs> no! It's, it, there has to be downtime between sexes, right? Like, I mean, sure, if you, like, you know, don't, like, drink a Gatorade. <laughs> I guess. Look, does Gatorade exist in the future is my question. <laughs> they probably have, like, super Gatorade. I just, I shouldn't be using my limited fucks on, like, fake people, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I don't think I would. I, I mean, it would be a discussion you would need to have, right? Sure. I don't think I would care that much, to be honest with you. Like, if my wife was like, "I'm gonna go to the holodeck and fuck a bunch of holodeck people," I'd be like, "All right, like whatever." I, I, I don't think, think I would be care. like, "Why don't we just fuck?" That'd be yeah, fun. But that, <laughs> but that doesn't mean like you don't fuck. It also means like, I get it. I get it. Like, look, I get it. Like, I get that people, like, need a release in other ways sometimes, and I'm not, like, weird about that. I, I say that... I guess I'm ha- weird about that. <laughs> I, but, I mean, I say that not ha- having to be in that situation. Yeah. So, like, I can easily say, like, I'm cool with it, but maybe I wouldn't be. I don't know. Who knows, right? Like, it's yeah. also the 24th century or whatever, so yeah. who the fuck knows what our attitudes towards all that would be like? Right. Like, I, I, I'm a very not jealous person in my life at right now, so, like, I can sit here and like say I wouldn't care but like I don't know if that's true uh, he finishes out the email by saying I'm a Guatemalan who lives in Texas add me nice. to the board <laughs> add you to the board what does that mean apparently if we're keeping track of like people from other countries oh uh, where they go oh okay okay so yeah apparently Sweden. from Guatemala oh okay yeah uh, I get it enough of my rambling trek on boys thank you Thank you. Thank you for the email, Tyler. That made me think and have fun. So your name was right. (laughs) Our our next email is a biggin. So strap in, everybody. Oh man, it is. uh, I'll just go ahead and start it. It's it's the email is called the science behind fantasy. Okay. Break out the blood wine, Trek boys. It is I, Brigadier General Bam, son of Ron, here with an email. Is this Bam? This is Bam, Lamplighter Studios' own Bam. Fuck yeah, dude. He He does does... all the artwork for Pretend Friends. Yeah, he's a fucking great artist. He's also a good dude. I saw a picture, uh, not to suck his dick so much, I saw a picture uh, that he posted or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he earlier today, like, I'll date this or whatever. Earlier today, he posted a preview picture of a webcomic he's going to be doing called yeah. Grotesque. That might have been what I saw and also. And the fucking landscape in that piece yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, it's got, Go look it's got a it. way with the way that his colors, like, I don't, I'm not an artist, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But, like, yeah. the way that his colors go together is very pleasing to my eyeballs. Yeah. 
You can check out his work on Twitter at BAMZRAM, B-A-M-Z-E-R-A-M, or Lamplighter Stew. Uh-huh. At Lamplighter Stew. Like, his art's on both of those, so go check him out. Do it. He writes, In your M-Class Emails episode 22, a question was asked that provoked the discussion of the difference between science and fantasy. My mother, mm-hmm. an indie publisher slash slash sci-fi enthusiast and I had a really great discussion about this for like two hours straight. Alright, I love this already. And I thought I'd share my find our findings with you. Okay. Perhaps it'll solidify the concepts you were talking about since you hit some good points but seemed unsure how to word it. Well, we aren't good at those words. <laughs> uh, I'm very fucking eloquent. You guys can suck my two Klingon dicks. I'm a big old dumbass idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll preface this by making note that genres are always changing and it's all subjective, so clearly this is an opinion. Hopefully there's something to take away from it, but, like, it ain't no law. Yeah, but on this show, our opinions are, like, always right, so... Yeah, okay. like, how, could, how dare you come on my show and tell me my opinion is not fucking objective? Yeah, I'm, like, the best at opinions, so... I'm, I'm literally the best example of humanity that's ever lived, so... <laughs> oh my god, we're getting into some weird territory now. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize what direction that was going. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's how it starts, Jeff. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we came to the conclusion that what makes a solid sci-fi or a solid fantasy comes down to the foundation. Uh-huh. Clearly the mechanics of inhuman beings and objects superior to our own are interchangeable between the two. Aliens or monsters, future tech right. or magic, right. and are thus superficial and indicative of any fictional story, really. Yes. So by removing them, we found the core element that changes the story is the focus. Mm. A good sci-fi set in the future focuses on what is yet to be, the intangible, and thus is introspective. Micro. Perhaps the setting is an entire galaxy, but what matters is the thoughts of the characters or people and how that cognition develops or grows. Right. The setting, the material world, is there as a vessel to guide the story along as it tries to answer questions and provokes thought. Like 1984 or like Brave New World, right? Like. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, you have this whole big world of these crazy things happening, but it doesn't matter because it's all about how uh, people are dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So though there may be cool ships and pew-pew lasers, it falls short if it doesn't look forward, asking questions and seeking answers that may or may not allude to where we stand today. Uh, looking point. at fucking you, JJ. Great fucking point. I also was looking at him, even though... I don't like to. <laughs> no, he is. He makes me sick to look at. His, his art makes me want to poop my pants. A lot of things do, though. Yeah. <laughs> do, do androids dream of electric sheep? Stands as my model for a pure sci-fi. You don't care about mm. the engineered designs of the robots or the flying cars. It's all right. about the answers to the questions. Yeah. Same with the Arthur C. Or the sorry, the t- Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. You kind of just are like... See, now we're getting into a different discussion. I like, fucking love Blade Runner. How, do, how does your brain see the story? I talk about this with my mom, weirdly enough, because my mom is a book reader. Mm-hmm. I myself don't read as many books, but think of story in terms of fi- like movies. And uh, we have very different opinions about stories because we think in a different language i think anyway go ahead 
I mean, that's true. You do, there's a definite divide in... Not even just, like, the fact that you think in film and she thinks in books, but there's a generational divide in the way you look at the way Absolutely. story is told. And also, like, I, like, write s- stories in, a, in some, sometimes professionally, and I think that that adds a level of, like, I am sort of... I, it's like being a magician. Like, I know how you did that trick. I know exactly tri- yeah, where that trick You is. pull your own tricks yeah. so you can kind of understand how the tricks are done. Exactly. Um, he continues, a good fantasy set in the past focuses on that which was or is, the tangible, and thus is extrospective. Macro. Okay, macro, got it. Whether it's a whole cast and crew of characters or a small band of heroes, it's all about the world they explore. The right. characters of the vessel guiding the story through a world of whimsy and all that is emotionally invigorating, often taking us back to a childlike form of freedom and creativity. The sp- I would say that that's definitely it. I would say that Ultimately, though, in the big macro, the infinite, that the micro and the macro are all the same. They're all human beings experiencing the universe. Because the universe is just itself experiencing us, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like a... Like, perspe- how, no. perspective is, is always, like, a difficult thing to talk about. Because, like you said earlier, it's... We, we can only talk about our own experiences of the things we see and yeah. touch and our experiences what scale are, are we at? yeah what scale are we at right on yeah. a big enough scale i mean or a small enough scale everything is big and everything is infinitely small mm-hmm. but we're stuck at this weird scale like why why are we at this one like i pick up like a tissue right oh what like this tissue exists only on this scale there's no micro mean, to it, you know what I mean? There's there's a micro to it that we don't experience, though. Sure, absolutely, and, that's, that's and the, we can't see it, right? That's the, like, magic of storytelling, though, is right. that that allows us to experience the micro, the microcosm within the tissue paper or whatever. Right, like, and that's the, like... The scale we'll never be able to experience with our own eyes. The tissue being a metaphor also for, like, the human mind, right? Sure. Um, he continues, the spirit of adventure is Are we lost. high? It feels like we're high. <laughs> We're definitely talking like we're high. Um, the spirit of adventure is lost the more the story looks inwards. Perhaps a lesson can be learned through historical allegory, but the biggest mountain to climb is the literal one towering before them. Lord mm. of the Rings and Harry Potter stand as models for a pure fantasy. No one gives a flying fuck about Harry or Frodo. They just want to be a romanticized version of themselves and take part in the world those characters inhabit. Absolutely. That's pure fan like you said, pure fantasy. Like I love that because I love the the pure like uh that's why people love Marvel and comic books. Like you get to be that hero, right? Mm-hmm. That's all like, you want to wh- be. Whoever's you behind s- the mask can be you. Right. That's you cuz right exactly. Uh with those two defined, you can set things up on a spectrum as all things are and figure out where you'd place what on that spectrum. For me, yeah. for example, I think Star Wars is so far towards fantasy, I don't ever bother calling it sci-fi. I never do either. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree It's with not that science well. fiction. It's just not. There's fucking Space wizards. Space wizards. Yeah, yeah. There's goddamn wizards. In it. Uh, <laughs> the Legacy of Kane series, though being about medieval vampires, is so far mm. towards this sci-fi definition, I don't even bother calling it a fantasy. It's kind of Star- like Warhammer, right? Warhammer is a little bit like that, where it's like, you got paladins, which is fantasy, but they're in space and there's oh, like, like Warhammer forty thousand because there's like a yeah. there's like a Warhammer 
medieval fiction. Yeah, sorry, well. sorry, I forgot this. Well, the thing is, like, Warhammer 40k is a fantasy as well. Right. It's like just in space because there are wizards there as well. It's so weird. That that's that's a weird universe. Um, Star Trek hits a little near the center, though leaning more towards sci-fi. It's honestly my favorite blend of the two. If Kevin hmm. Old King Cole is listening, this should help you understand my feelings towards the two Full Metal Alchemist animated series. I don't get that, but I guess Kevin will. I watched the one. Did you watch the original one or Brotherhood? Because that's what he's talking original about. Original one. I tried to watch the original one. I watched two episodes and couldn't get into it. I get it. Uh, I watched it because it was on Adult Swim. And yeah. I didn't have anything better to do. Uh, it's all right. I liked it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I have a hard time with it myself sometimes because it's very muddy. Like, it, it vacillates back and forth between what it wants to be. Like, I'm not really sure what it wants to be. That's kind of like a, a problem. I don't know. Maybe I'll get crucified for this. But there's like a problem in anime in general where yeah. there's no consistent tone. Yes, it's a, a tone problem, really. Like, a lot of animes do have a consistent tone. But there seems to be, it seems to be a problem that uh, across the board, yeah, for a, a good portion of anime, there's a tonal Problem. I think that's why like Inuyasha got so made fun of so much. Oh, there's does, such a tonal problem in it that. It does not know what the fuck. It's like, uh, what in the fuck is... Is it like a high school show? Is this like a fantasy? Is this like a fucking like, Miyazaki show? Like, what the uh, fuck is happening? That's definitely the thing with anime that I think a lot of people appreciate. Is that it's a blending of genres. And sometimes that works perfectly. Yeah, and but And sometimes it works not well at all. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop, I know we talk about it all the time, but yeah. like that's like such a perfect like, oh god, this makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, Cowboy Bebop is like <laughs> space cowboys. That's yeah. been done before, but it's such a, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. It just right, works it just perfectly works. together. Yeah, it's great. Um, he continues, I know this is all it's all semantics and this veers from mainstream perception, the whole reason genres exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. But uh by having a concrete definition of the two, it really helps me figure out what it is about certain stories I enjoy, and I use that when creating stuff. So public opinion be damned, I guess. Yeah, we we talked about this. I had like a thing about this on Twitter where we were talking about, like, is Seven a horror movie? And I said to the person who was talking to me about it, I said, uh, we like to organize things as people into these weird categories, and sometimes the categories are a little gray and they don't make sense but all i know is my categories are right and i'm always right <laughs> yeah i've never been wrong about anything in my life yeah. so because i'm the fucking hero of the story so fuck <laughs> <off>. <laughs> uh i'm the hero of the story you're my funny sidekick oh no here's where all wars begin <laughs> This is why people war with each other. Uh, He finishes the email by saying, I've talked your ears off enough, hopefully providing a little insider discussion. Before I go, here's a quick pitch it or ditch it to end on a less academic note. This ain't no (laughs) fucking classroom. (laughs) Detention. Early DS9. A dimensional rift hijinks ensue, and Miles O'Brien becomes trapped in a small room with Dr. Bashir and Dr. Gaius Baltar. Oh my god. Will he kill himself before the circle joke the circle jerk becomes literal? <laughs> I uh I'm not gonna lie, while we were just talking, I googled who Dr. Gaius Baltar is. They're very similar. And uh I remember him from the three episodes I've seen 
of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> he's a great character. He's very similar to Bashir. He's like evil Bashir. He's very right? evil. I've actually seen six episodes. I think. Well, he I don't want to. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell. I can't tell you. So. I I know. I know. Just why don't you just? <laughs> why don't you just watch it, Jeff? Why don't I you mean, just suck my dick? I mean, fuck, dude. I wish. Look, if you watch it. Halloween's coming, <laughs> and I gotta get my lips around a dick's, if you know what I mean. <laughs> didn't even come close to rhyme. That's <laughs> like an Eminem rhyme. It's like a, It works if you pronounce it just right. Yeah, what do they call those rhymes that aren't real? There's a word for oh them. Oh, God. Fuck. I'm gonna get yelled at for not knowing this. Yeah, um, there's... It's, yeah, there's a word for them. Whatever. Anyway, that was I a really great M&M email. <laughs> that was no, a really was great a, email, Bam. That was a great email. Thank you, Bam. It did inspire some neat discussion, and it's really cool to... Honestly, like, everything is on a spectrum, just exactly like you said. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure that the spectrum goes from fantasy to sci-fi. The spectrum could be, like, four-dimensional also. Yes. Like, there's some weird... There, there's some really weird areas where you can get into, right? And really, I think um, it, every science fiction writer's favorite phrase that uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic can come into play yeah. here. Because yeah. uh, perhaps the spectrum isn't a straight line, it's a circle. Yes, uh, the four, like four dimensions. Like so. Okay, here's here's a. I mean, this is we're gonna. I'm really gonna start talking like I'm high right now. Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs> there's this one Alexis on Fire song that reminds oh me God. of a thing that I don't think I ever did. And like, what do you classify that as? Right. It reminds me of driving at night with like, like lamps, like like yellow, uh, like lamps, street lights, street lights. Yeah. And it's like rainy. Well, I like, mean, I mean there's, a, there's a ton of synthwave songs that make me feel that way, and I've never done that. And I think music is like that for like that's human beings touching the action of time because music is time and it's math, right? It's a con- it's moving constantly. It doesn't work if it's not moving, which is exactly what time is. And there's no way for my brain to like quantify that into a word, dude. If if you want to talk like we're high. I mean, I wish we were. There, <laughs> perhaps there, there is an idea. I don't, I don't know if I would ever buy this or not. There is the uh-huh. idea that there is a shared human experience. Oh, like collective consciousness. Collective like consciousness a, that can like be tapped into to music. Spooky action at a distance, right? Yeah. You touch something like a hydrogen atom over here, and you look at one over there, and it does the same thing. The it's shared weird. human consciousness idea is uh, there's a a theory that it's shared through music and that we experience the consciousness of other people through music. I would say that that's uh, like a really elaborate way of saying that we all basically feel the same thing because we're all the same. We we all have the same scale of emotions. Like we experience them completely differently, but it's all the same. It's like, again, it's like music really, since we're talking like we're high. It's like music in that, like, a piano has... Every piano has the same number of keys. Right, but people play them differently. Yeah, people play those keys entirely differently and make completely different sounds. Different stuff, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with your email, but thank you, Bane. (laughs) That was a great email. Man, 
I think we just won like a Nobel Prize or something. I don't know. Uh, we just got an, an, another email from Yakub. That's even better than a Nobel Prize. We got another email from Yakub where he tries to do the same thing again that no. I have deleted three times. Yakub. No, Yakub. No, <laughs> no more he, sassy British man. That he starts off talking about us getting married at the beginning, like he's Me doing the ceremony. He's done this three times now. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to skip that. And he starts out by saying, Type 1 garage door opener phaser design doesn't look like a weapon, which leads me to think its purpose is subterfuge and sneak attacks. This also sounds very familiar. Uh, no, it's it's a minimalism. It's like a style choice, I would say. Yeah. Like, it's just a... Like, he talks about the Type 2 phaser being recognized as a weapon because the body Is that the vacuum cleaner one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also the gun one in the beginning, but, like, it is a vacuum yeah. cleaner. Oh, the Type TNG 2 from Ultimate. And beyond. Yeah. I mean, there... Look, there is, like, um, a reason why weapons look the way they do. Like, they're designed to look ominous, right? Like, guns yeah, are black. But right? they're not... They're not, like, kill weapons. They're just, like... Uh, right. They're just stun weapons for the most part that's what they're for the yeah you type have a one beam of, of light in your pocket that can like vaporize a person it doesn't really need yeah. to look like anything the thing is the type 1 phaser in TOS fits into the type 2 phaser as a power unit yeah. the reason why it's it's disconnectable is in case like an enemy tries to take the weapon from you Right, you can grab like the type practical. 1 phaser and continue by fighting yeah it, the they type just like one to... phaser is like weak as well. It's it really can only kind of stun and maybe right. like melt metal. Yeah, but like um, I guess you could think of it as like a subterfuge kind of thing. But no one ever uses it as a sneak attack unless they're being held prisoner. Unless they have to hide it or something. That's yeah, that's the I thing mean... is it's used to like get out of situations where having a type two phaser wouldn't be possible. Right, it's like the Jedi. It's like a lightsaber. Like the Jedi don't use the lightsaber to hit other lightsabers. They use it to like get out of situations and cut weapons in half and stuff. They hit a lot of other lightsabers. Well, they do in the movies, but most most Jedi when they live, like especially during the pre uh, Return of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith era, mm -hmm. like the pre uh, Battle of Yavin era, they're all they're not. There's no other. There's no Sith around that they know, so they're just using them for like cutting holes in walls and cutting ropes and doing things like that. Yeah, the the Type One Phaser is made for portability. Mm -hmm. The thing is, like, you never really see. I mean, every now and then you see a bridge officer holding a Type Two Phaser. Yeah, they're mostly outfitted with Type One Phasers, and security officers have the Type Two Phaser. Yeah, that way you know what you're dealing with. Like there's, a, like I said, there's a reason for them to look like a weapon when they need it to look like a weapon. Like, yeah, it's, it's a psychological a, element as well as a practical element. It's like a difference in firepower as well. It's like a a, a mall cop walking around with like a taser. Yeah, and an actual cop who has a pistol. With a gun. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean. I, I don't think it was ever used for subterfuge, although that's not, like, something that the Federation doesn't do, like... Yeah, there's no way, there's no reason to sort of, like, say, like, well, we never need that anymore, like, I mean, it, 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 you might, I mean, they, they use subterfuge, like, in different ways, though, where they're doing it to, like, 
not nefarious purposes, but to like get to like the truth or what. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm not really sure if I'm saying this right, but they they do it to like ad- advance like their agenda without harming people as much as they would otherwise, right? Yeah, and I like mean hiding like- hiding in mountains for to like watch societies is pretty fucked up, right? But yes. is it? I don't know. Is it though? Because like, what else are you gonna do? And I mean. <laughs> The only time anybody ever hides a Type 1 phaser is when they're being taken prisoner. So I can't really yeah. speak to it being used for subterfuge or sneak attacks. Except right. it's it's used um, if you're taken hostage in order to get yourself out of the hostage situation. Right. The, the Romulans would use phasers as, like, assassination weapons. Like, like a dagger, right? Like, the yeah. phaser's like a dagger in the heart of uh, Caesar, right? Starfleet doesn't work that way. As far as we know. <laughs> it's a good question, though. I mean, like... And it's not above... We know it's not above Starfleet to use subterfuge. I mean, there are episodes of Deep Space Nine where and TNG where the characters are asked by, like, Starfleet Command to go undercover. Oh, yeah. No, they're definitely... Yeah. I mean, there's... there's there's bad subterfuge and there's good subterfuge, right? And then there's yeah. kind of gray su- area subterfuge. But there's that episode where O'Brien goes yes, undercover. Yes, just going to say that. With the just... Orion Syndicate. Yes. And that's the only way you're going to be able to stop the Orion Syndicate from operating and start in, like, uh, UP territories. Right, you can't You can't just be like, hey, stop it. <laughs> like, they're not going to do that, right? Like, the, the Federation has to have some way to deal with crime. There needs in, to be teeth on, in the, like on the ant. outer yeah. space. Yes. And Starfleet is also a peacekeeping organization, so... Right. They are the police in some ways, and the police need to be able to stop that type of thing, so... Um, he finishes out the email by saying, Yours cunningly, Ensign <laughs> of Sciences Yakub, USS Matahari. Nice name. That is a great name. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thanks for the email. Sorry I yeah. keep skipping the part where we get married, but I can't get double married in this state. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> if I was, like, your brother, I could, though. What? <laughs> what? That was a dig on where you live. Oh, uh, cousin. That's the dig. Oh, sorry, sorry. Cousin. Oh, shit, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, our next email is from Phantom Thief Goofus, <laughs> the I believe. Goofus. He does the not... Goofus. He does not uh, say what his name is in this email. Is it a mystery? What, are we supposed to guess? Dungeon Master is usually Phantom Thief Goofus. Is he committing subterfuge right now? Subterfuge? You're as cunningly. Dungeon Master. (laughs) Uh, Our first email... Or, fuck. God, I'm so used to saying that. The email begins... Our first email of this email, sure. Our first email of this email starts, Ahoy, Trek Boys. How's it going? Hello, Trek Boys. Hello. It's, uh, it's going pretty good. I mean, I just fucked up real bad, but it's all right otherwise. No one's ever going to know. Yeah, you'll definitely edit it out. Don't worry. I definitely will edit it out. Uh, hopefully you didn't sell your soul for some Alf Pogs or lose it <laughs> in a fiddle contest. Yeah, that's right. That's a Satan reference. It is a Satan reference. Um, <laughs> all right, then. Let's get to it. Peyote One. Oh, God. TNG. God Friends Picard on Facebook. Picard oh then God. blocks him. We all know it was freaking Q. 
Because we were talking about this. Fucking God friended me. I want to talk about this on the on the uh, the other thing we do. Sure. We'll shoot the shit. I really want to we'll, talk we'll about this. We'll shoot the shit about God friended me. I have a lot to say about this. Should we watch an episode first? No, I don't even need to. I can no. tell you. I don't want to watch an episode because I want to tell you exactly what the show is. Sure, I'll, I know, I'll skim I, I know. the wiki. We'll be fine. I know exactly what the show is. Without having seen it or read anything about it, I know it. Uh, B-plot, Data celebrates the day he was activated and wants a surprise party because he wants that good, good emotion. He fails (laughs) to realize the paradoxical nature of this. I think he would, though. He would know how silly it is. It would be more Data-like for him to be like, what is the point of a surprise party? Yeah, he would be like, Captain, I'm confused. Why would anyone want to be surprised with a party? Right. Well, what's the point of that, right? Piotr- I agree with Data. I don't know what the point is. I don't either. I've never surprise been a parties surprise are stupid. party guy. I had a surprise party once that was pretty cool. But. I did. I did also. But I think I. I think I was like, yeah, I knew you guys were gonna have a party for me, and they were like, oh, you asshole, and I was like, yeah, you guys suck at lying. <laughs> um, Peyote two TOS. Uh, fuck. Q starts bothering Kirk, and Kirk tells him to fuck off. Q. Q harumphs and decides to go back to bothering a fun captain. It's not like he wanted to annoy him or anything, you d- dummy. <laughs> um, that already happened on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, he gets punched in the face. Um, B-plot, Spock does karaoke and bombs pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> oh my god, do you think row, row, row your boat? That is a very logical song. It's very rhythmic, and there's parts to it. I don't know, it says Mary in it, so maybe not. Merrily, merrily. That's such a weird word. Merrily. What a weird word. Life is but a dream? That's very illogical. Is that a fucking Matrix? Are we talking about the Matrix? (laughs) (laughs) A follow-up question. Does Ponfar have to be between a heterosexual coupling of Vulcans? What if they're gay? Logically, Ponfar wouldn't count as cheating if that was the case. Wait, do Vulcans wait, even wait. get married and stuff? Yes, they get married. Why wouldn't it be cheating? Uh, I guess Why? because Ponfar makes you have to have sex. Yeah, but not reproductive sex. Yeah, there's you really... You have to have reproductive sex. There's really not... They say mate, but they don't say it's for the pro- like purposes of reproduction, I don't think. Yeah, I always sort of thought that they only Ponfar because, like... Uh, it's kind of like a nocturnal emission, right? Like, you're doing it because, like, there's it needs a release. And, like, their emotions are so pent up or, or like, being controlled by their logic that, like, the, the, the sexual urge needs to be released. I don't think that it matters that, like, I don't, I mean, it, does, it wouldn't matter if they were gay or not. And, like, yeah. gay people can cheat on each other. <laughs> the thing is, I imagine that, um... Well, I mean, there's an episode of Voyager about this, not about being yeah, with gay, the, but about cheating. Yeah, yeah, with the with the wife and the, yeah, 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 and he just creates a holodeck version of his wife and does of that, his wife, which goes yeah, back to the earlier question, I guess. Yeah, but still, what's the line, right? Um, he is trapped a billion miles away. That's pretty much the nicest version he can bang a holodeck lady. So yeah, I mean, but um, Ponfar does not have to be between a heterosexual coupling. I think it's just like yeah. repression causes them to have to fuck real bad. That's every exactly seven years. It. Yeah. I also don't think they only have sex during Ponfar. I think 
they have uh, like logically you would you would be like well my uh, my like sexual inhibitions have been pent up for this period of time we right. should couple in order to release that and then move on right and I feel like there's every an emotional aspect. Yeah, if Ponfar is a, a more of a release of emotions, then absolutely there would be an emotional uh, yeah. attachment formed, right? For <laughs> some amount of time, anyway. Also, like there are we see Vulcans who have siblings or like children, yeah. and they're not seven years apart in age. Yeah, you can just fuck whenever you want. Yeah. You're not limited to Ponfar. I mean, there might be a thing where, like, Vulcans only have sex outside of Ponfar for the purposes of reproduction. So, yeah, like, they would be called Amish Vulcans. So, like, gay Vulcans don't have sex except every seven years? Yeah, they're, I don't they, know. they would fuck no matter what. Like, it, they, they're not limited to it. It's just a... It's like the chicken pox or the mumps. Like, they just get yeah. it every now and I then. I mean... Porn stars fuck without feeling emotions all the time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, thanks, yeah. thanks for the email, maybe Phantom Thief Goofus. <laughs> thanks, Dragonstone, whatever your name is. Dragonstone, that's a great name. I just made his name cool. <laughs> um, our next email is from Tom, and it's also a bit of a longy. Okay, Tom. He says, Ahoy, Trek boys. Hello. Why does everybody keep saying ahoy? Because Captain This is language, the third uh, Ahoy? Maybe they're eating Chips Ahoy, which are delicious. Yeah, I do enjoy a Chips... Fuck, Yo, now you, I want Chips Ahoy! Yo, dude, do you get the or, the red bag and you microwave them for like 10 seconds? Oh, oh my, my fucking god. god. Oh my god. It's it's the greatest thing I know how to do in 10 seconds, is make Chips Ahoy it's cookies. not me. <laughs> <laughs> Your pawn bar is every, every 10 seconds low. <laughs> Um, Ahoy Trek boys, big fan of Bashir being amazed by low gravity here despite living and working in space. <laughs> okay. I hope Josh enjoyed his time here in the UK. Was it your first time? It was my first time. I uh, I loved it. It was great. Your The people there were super nice and I, uh, I was there when it was uh, hot as fuck and you guys don't usually get hotness like that, I was told. Um... But it was great. I loved, I loved it. I would love to go back. I want to go to London and see more London. Maybe one day. Maybe like one day they'll to... let you back in the country. <laughs> Maybe I'll be, like, fleeing there soon. Who knows? Take me with you. Um, okay. I'm watching through Deep Space Nine. So far, it's been great. I really like the continuing background plot and the greater quantity of proper aliens, which gives a real depth to the universe. Yes, it is a great show. I fucking love Deep Space Nine. I can't recommend it enough to people who skipped it. Like you are missing out. Yeah, you're if you a, watched you're Deep Space a straight Nine. up. You're straight up foolish. You got. I mean, you got to yeah. watch it. It's great. Um. So I thought if the Enterprise can clean itself because it's fancy, what about Deep Space Nine? They have oversized prop rats running around the pipes. Surely somebody has to sort that out. It's Cardassian. They don't care about that shit. They have slaves to do it. That's why. I'm thinking hover Roombas with chrome and lasers because it's the future. I will not rest until I see someone dusting a warp core. It could just be like nanites, right? Like, yeah. But I mean, like on Deep like, Space Nine, they don't have that shit. No, the, the Cardassians don't give a fuck about that stuff. Like I, I said, they got the Bajorans to clean up their shit. There, there's always been a Bajoran cleaning crew on Deep Space Nine. They were slaves and now they're like paid. Now they're kind of not slaves i guess yeah yeah also yeah. 
I've been thinking about the Maquis. I haven't seen all of Deep Space Nine yet, oh, but currently I'm go. not finding them that offensive in terms of the world. Yeah, Jeff really hates them. Um, I think I'm a little more forgiving about them than he is, but I I see where Jeff is coming from. And yeah, I they are, I can't stand them. Everybody knows they are <laughs> they are like swept under the rug. So that tells you a lot too. Um. I see the problem with them in the narrative of the Star Trek, Star Trek world if their motivation stems from attachment to their land. After all, they should be above this and content to relocate. However, mm-hmm. consider that the colonists are already a fringe part of Federation society. Who else can be arsed to start up a new colony who then end That's up living true. under someone, uh, under sometimes violent occupation? The types of personalities wanting to colonize are likely to be dreamers, stubbornly committed to making something work. Oh, this sounds like social engineering is what we're talking about right now. When they are <laughs> this is like social Darwinism. <laughs> yeah. uh, when they're oppressed rather than leaving, they choose to fight back. But this is not because of a love of the land, which becomes the excuse, right. but because of pride. They will not. Be I know beaten. what you're saying. I, that makes I, me hate them more. They're a bunch of prideful assholes. I know what you're saying. That a certain type of uh, personality would be drawn to that lifestyle, and then that lifestyle yeah. would be like a self-fulfilling prophecy because they're this is subconsciously seeking out uh, confrontation. I get it. This is nothing against Tom, but I will put this out there to everyone who's going to write in. You will never sway me to the side of the Maquis. That's why I, I will don't. never understand them. I'll never agree with them even slightly. I fucking hate them. I'm sorry. You're, you're fucking Cisco as fuck about them. Yeah, monkey. I will fucking nuke their planet right now. I <laughs> I, I would gas never... their goddamn planet with space gases. <laughs> Jesus, Christ. I'm kidding. I would never. I would, do never that. I would never die on this hill because I honestly don't give a fuck about the monkey that much. I don't care. Yeah, about them. He continues, uh, once they turn to violence like many groups, they can't stop. After all, what is their objective? To overthrow the whole Cardassian government? Mm-hmm. So they end up fighting because that's all they can do. To give up would prove them to be irre- irrelevant. Does that make sense? It does. It makes sense. It's ego. It's, it's pure still, ego. Like, that's the exact type of person I hate now. That's exactly why, Jeff, I agree with you, Jeff. This is exactly why you hate them, and I totally agree with that. Yeah, it just makes even less sense to be that type of person that's in, like, like that's a utopian like, future. That's like in high school when somebody would be, like, a super asshole to somebody or something, and I'd be like, that guy's a fucking asshole. And then somebody would say, like, oh, that's just the way they are, as if that's, like, some kind yeah. of fucking excuse. Like, that is, like, the worst excuse. Like, you don't know, like, what they had to go through or whatever, except yeah. they didn't have to go through shit in this universe because it's a utopia. <laughs> they could just, like, be on Ryza right now, fucking, yeah. like, whoever they wanted. <laughs> it is It is a pride. It is an issue of pride. It's ego, But the thing yeah. is, like... Everything about the story does not fit the Star Trek universe. It's all, like, plucked from a different sci-fi. It's a made-up problem in a Star Trek universe. I, yeah. I agree with that. And, like, I feel like my my hatred of the Maquis is, like, uh, just, like, a little, like, sputtering fire that's, like, almost about to go out, and then somebody comes <laughs> along with a stick. And they're this like, let me I, poke this shit. This is your J.J. Abrams. Oh, my God. You, I already have J.J. Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, True. He continues, as an aside, I liked Quark's statement regarding the price of peace. The Maquis won't pay any price as they don't want peace. They want to win. That's true. Try, so try to think of it, and this is for you, Jeff. Try to think of it more as, like, an experiment in, like, 
saying something about like terrorism or something, right? Or like people who fight in the name of like something they feel is righteous but wind up just becoming violent like the thing that they hate. Maybe I mean, that's the point. I mean, I that would know. make a lot of sense if the hero of our story didn't gas a planet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that kind of undercuts it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that he does that. <laughs> because it's crazy. It and, like, is it's, absolutely nuts. It's fucking insane. It's the craziest <laughs> shit that ever happened in Star he's Trek. Like, Good luck not living here for 50 years, dickwads. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Um, So, pitch it or ditch it. Uh, which would have been better before I found out Josh hates Dickens, but too late now. I do hate Charles Dickens. Sorry, I know your country loves Charles Dickens, but I fucking they hate really him. they really do. I can't stand him. Um, it's the night before some Ferengi holiday we've never heard of before. Quark is Umox-mas. closing up. Umoxmas sounds fucking awesome. I'm into that. Um, Quark is closing up and does some minor charitable act like give a free drink or clear a debt to an unfortunate patron before heading off home. This doesn't sound uh, plausible. This sounds not Dickensian at all, (laughs) but we'll see where it goes. Uh, That night he is, of course, visited by three ancient Naguses. Alright, I love this. I love this. In the National Canon Holiday. They proceed to teach him the real meaning of profiteering through revisiting acts so it's of like charity. Opposite. In it's, it's like opposite. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking brilliant. They reveal an awful future where he runs an orphanage in the Gamma Quadrant and is oh loved my and respected. God. I'm all right. Quark, I'm pitching this right now. Quark awakens, it. vowing to be more ruthless, and decides to get into chemical yeah. weapons dealing because that's where the big bucks are, dude. That's fucking perfect. All right, that's beautiful. That's I'm the gonna, way you're gonna make me like Charles Dickens. <laughs> I'm gonna hard pitch that. Yeah, hard pitch. Don't even change. I have no notes. No notes. <laughs> um, ta-ta for now. Tom, helmsman on the USS Pegasus. I think we got multiple people on the Pegasus now. That's good. A lot of people listen to, the, to our show on the Pegasus. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, fuck yeah. Probably uh, when they're doing, like, science lab work. <laughs> uh, P.S. Regard, uh, great, regarding great future societies, check out uh, Ian M. Banks' culture novels if you haven't already. Okay. Yeah, I'll check those uh, out. Yeah, for sure. Josh doesn't read, but you know, I just don't have time, and doesn't I know, know how. But that's <laughs> <laughs> why I read all the emails. <laughs> what the fuck is an email? It's words on we screen, make, buddy. I thought we were just making all this up as we went along. I like to think that like we're on some like shitty little like uh, satellite in space. Yeah, I know you're sending saying. this sending yeah. this fucking podcast out to all the USSs out there. I think that that's like part of the like the RP of the show. Like not to get too dorky or whatever, Fuck but like it. I am a Star Trek podcast, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much more dorky we could possibly get. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> no yeah, I. I also think that when they give, I lo- that's why I love when they give their ship because I'm like, oh, they're on the ship listening to the show, like yeah, like we're, we're hovering, like we're going like around an M class planet. That's why it's called an M class podcast. Yeah, we're just like two dorks who got stuck in like a whatever like science station or whatever, and we're bored and we made a podcast. Yeah. Like, Josh wears the blue because he's the scientist that's supposed to be working on whatever shitty thing they put us on here for. Yeah, it's I'm like mass, the single, <laughs> the single security guard that was put on board. Guard this shit. <laughs> we're guard both fucking ensigns. We were just yeah. shoved on here because we're terrible in Starfleet. It's also kind of like MASH, right? Where we're just like, I don't give a shit about anything. <laughs> 
Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Good email. Many great adventures to the USS Pegasus. England is cool. Thank you. Or Sorry, UK. I don't know if you're in England or not. It's I very complicated. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, we, our next email is from Jive Turkey. Oh, I know Jive Turkey. I met him at Canada once. Is it... I feel bad because is it is it Stephen or Stefan? I think it's Stefan Tuabara. Yeah, um, sure. He starts his email. It, well, it's did he get into the Stefan machine and turn into Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking it hell! Just, it might just be Stephen. But if he didn't do that, then it's definitely just Stephen. Oh my god! There's a portion of our audience that are going what? What? <laughs> Look it the fuck up on Google, you young ass bitches. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> he titles the email to the Trek, Handsome Boys, Boys. Oh, jeez. He says, hey, a 10 forward space bar back in... Tra- fucking shit. I can't read words. It's Turns right. out I can't read. It's okay. He says, 10 forward space barback in training, Jive Turkey reporting for duty. Barback in? Oh, man. Yeah, this dude's on fucking... He's on the Enterprise. <laughs> he's a barback? This dude's a barback bar on the flagship. What, do you gotta, like, go get the drinks? Like, they just replicate. <laughs> what is their job? <laughs> there are, like, fucking servers. Oh, there are servers, forward. yeah, yeah. I don't know what they do, but I guess they you tell them and they go to the replimat for you and make it. I guess it's to maintain the illusion of... I guess. <sighs> it's for useless people on board that need to do something. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a like a, how it works in uh, like Buddhist like, retreats where you go and they like make you clean a toilet, but like really you're there not to clean a toilet, right? You're there to learn. You're there to just like be there. <laughs> um, I'm not really writing in response to anything in particular, but my newfound love of Star Trek Enterprise has led me to write in again. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm about six episodes from the end of the series now, and it breaks my heart that this show got cut short. Yeah. I'm fucking telling you. I need to watch it. I need to finish watching it. Especially in four. In four, they start, like... Season four feels like America right now. I'm t- it's like... It's scary. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it is. This but show's like, too also, scary for me, Josh. But also, it's like, oh my god, like there's crazy shit happening. And then it's like, no, I'm just kidding. This show's over. And you're like, no. uh... Seriously? <laughs> uh, one thing the show highlights, which I find really cool, is how delicate the relationship is between the Andorians, Vulcans, and Tellarites. Especially mm-hmm. at this point in the timeline. Anytime Jeffrey Combs is in the show, everything gets so tense because you're never sure if he's going to be cool or do something batshit crazy. I love Jeffrey Combs. It's it's called hanging out with Josh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Or am I? Although it just depends on the day, really. (laughs) Although usually he's cool, then does something crazy, then he's cool again. That's me. That's Josh. That's definitely me. Sorry. Uh, now I really want to see how Andorians and Tellarites act in the TNG era. Uh, you don't. You don't see that. <laughs> yeah, I think everything's pretty, like, normal, yeah. right? Like, nobody really cares anymore. I imagine with how much the Vulcans and humans change after Enterprise, you'd think they'd tone it down a bit, too. Anyway. Yeah, everyone calms the fuck down. I, I would love to see Andorians and Tellarites in the TNG era. You just don't. I know it's the only the only complaint about that show is that, but the show's not really about that, I guess. And like, 
It's guess. more about humanity. I just want to see Tellarites again. Yeah. I fucking love Tellarites. A little here and there is good. It would be really good, but you don't get that. Yeah. So. Uh, anyways, I love Enterprise and the Andorians. And Josh was right. You should watch Enterprise. Oh, look, I'm right again. Oh, my God. Put it on the board. <laughs> oh, my God. Put it on the board of people that we keep track of from different countries. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I want to do a quick... All right, everybody, stop writing in and telling Josh he's right. That's enough. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to know that I'm right anyway, so it doesn't it's matter. True. It's true. Uh, no, anyway. Seriously, though, Enterprise is amazing. And I've, I'm, I feel like it's my sacred duty to be like, look how good this fucking show is. Maybe so. I'll start doing like one before bed. You're going to need to do more than one. Um, anyway, I want to do a quick pitch it or ditch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Da- Daniels appears to Archer and says something to the effect of, Look, Cap, I know you're sick of me always dragging you into some time shit, but there's Daniels. this thing that's kind of dumb and been going on too long and I need you to help me stop. Oh, God, what could it be, Daniels? <laughs> Archer shrugs and is like, Fuck it, sure. They fly off at warp four-ish to this cool stretch of space <laughs> over by the Hulk and Homeworld where they find a giant crutch-shaped wormhole... Daniel says, okay, here's the deal. In about 100 years in the future, a good episode of Starred Trek is going to happen. The people are throwing, uh, the people are going to lean on real hard when their writers are hung over. <laughs> what I need you to do is seal this thing up, or else this is your future. Daniel oh. shows Archer the Enterprise Mirror Universe episode. <laughs> After throwing up, Archer fires a torpedo shell loaded with uh, quadrilithium. And yeah. the wormhole blows up spectacularly across all times. However, in the TOS time period, it triggers the transporter accident that led to the Mirror Mirror episode happening. Archer and the very, crew... Uh, very uh, Star Trek Online has rippling effects like this, mm. where you do something like that, and then it affects like an episode. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Archer and the crew just sort of wake up as if nothing had ever happened, feeling relieved. As if they'd just gotten back two hours of their already too short lives. <laughs> oh, also this happens in the first five minutes of the show, so they don't have to waste any more time on Mirror Universe shit. Finn. Thank you. This uh, dude fucking gonna, hates the Mirror Universe. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch it because I also hate the Mirror Universe, so... I don't hate it as much as you. I, I wish it would have just been one episode in TOS. I, yeah, it. I don't I don't hate it. Like, I, uh, all right, I say hate a lot, and I, I guess I should like be more specific with my words. I don't hate it because I, I absolutely hate JJ's track. I, yeah. I hate it. I hate that. I don't hate the Mirror Universe. I just... It's inconvenient. It's annoying. It gets in the way. It's it's just bothersome to me. So... I but I don't, what, I don't like it. If there were two Mirror Universe episodes... Yeah. And that was the TOS original episode because it's fun. Yes. And the Deep Space Nine episode where Kira wears that leather outfit. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, that's, it. that's enough. I'm good with that. Sure, fuck that. I mean, maybe I hate it a little less now. I don't know. <laughs> I reminded you of that outfit, and you were like, "Yeah, I was second. thinking about it." And then I was like, "Nah, that's a good episode." <laughs> uh, P.S. Is Daniels just Al from Quantum Leap? He is. Uh, I think inspired by that. He is to be an Al. He's an Al. Al from Quantum Leap is in Enterprise. Um, all right, back to work. Guinan is running out of bar lime for her trademark Andorian ale Tom Collins's. Tom I've been, Collins. I've been studying my Mr. Rigel bartender's guide. Maybe I'll have a place of my own someday. 
Love and well wishes. What? Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. What is with all the cocktail references today? What is going know. on with the cocktail references? What is with the fucking ahoy is my question. There's too there's, much there's too much crossover in these emails. There's like a weird like thread that goes through these emails that I'm like do they get together and talk about emails? Like I don't understand. I don't know. We do have a Discord that people go talking? to. So. Are they talking about their emails in it? I Maybe. Know. I don't go there every day, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, if you would like to join our Discord, you can become a patron for as low as one dollar over at patreon.com slash podcast. Do it. You get stuff. You get episodes early. You get other episodes that nobody else gets. You get a f- two free. You get a free podcast. Mm-hmm. You get well, not free since you're a pledging, but it's it's almost free. Yeah. And you also get commentary tracks for great movies. It's like a bogo, a buy one get one, a a boga, habogo, HBO habogo. <laughs> Our next email is from Tapon. Oh, uh, Jesus Tapon's radio program. This fucking guy. He titled it Tapon's Third Email. <laughs> That's very logical. He's, he begins, Ensign Pennington, Ensign <laughs> Henderson, oh my God. Trek Boys. Tapon. Before I begin my correspondence, I must first ex- explain the exclamation point mishap. Mm. Ensign Pennington was incorrect. I was not typing the message. In the past, I have dictated my messages to a stenographer, who then sent emails on my behalf. What? Who the fuck has a stenographer? It's logical, man. <laughs> I mean, dictated, not not written. Like, what? What, what are we? What is this? A civil war? <laughs> I will no longer be engaging in this practice, as I have Thank fired God. the offending party. Oh, uh, now I feel bad. Uh, Orions often succumb to their own excitement quite easily. Yeah, an Orion stenographer? This is getting really racist. (laughs) (laughs) If I do find the need to recruit a new stenographer, I will screen my applicants a bit more closely. All right. Ensign Pennington, you deserve (laughs) special accolades. Your insight into Vulcan culture is correct. A fine logical deduction to determine that our keyboards do, in fact, do away with the more unnecessary punctuation. Didn't we both say this? It's, it's all me, baby. It's my time. Fuck you. <laughs> Alright, I'll give you this one. <laughs> I find the need for human keyboards to have a shift key most perplexing. Perhaps yeah. the fault was my own... Uh, perhaps the fault was in my own... Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Tapon. You forgot a word. Tapon, come on. Oh, no. A Vulcan would not forget a word. Perhaps the fault was my own mm. in supplying my co-workers with Starfleet keyboards. I will consider this at a later time. A keyboard? How quaint. Ensign Henderson, I would kindly ask you not to discuss my, my reproductive cycle in the future. <laughs> From past transmissions, I have gathered that you are quite open about your own sexuality. On more than one occasion, you have alluded to your relationship with Ensign Pennington, and while I do not endeavor to understand love, I still find great satisfaction in two people finding harmony in one another. However, <laughs> literally in one another. Hoo! 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 
However, please keep in mind that some cultures prefer to keep their biological urges private. You're it is right. clear that you do Come not on. fully understand the pawn far. If you did, you would not make light of it. I mean, uh, people do die is. during the pawn far. <laughs> It is kind of funny, but I mean, I guess we're going to try to be more uh, enlightened, so I apologize about the jokes about your weird seven-year fuck cycle. <laughs> that was very mature of you, Josh. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud of you. It's like breaking a mirror, except you break your dick off. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> you break your dick off and somebody. Yeah. But I, di- but I digress. My human producers have alerted me that it is the holiday of Halloween, mm, a most yes. illogical celebration which causes fear. I have spent hours trying to understand why humans would find this enjoyable. It's mostly about candy. <laughs> I, for That's example. Kind of what it's really about. <laughs> oh, for sure. And dress up. Playing dress yeah, and up. Pl- and playing dress up, yeah. I, for example, avoid thinking of my pond far as much as possible. And when it is brought to my attention, I dismiss it from my thoughts as quickly as possible. That Please explain this illogical fascination to me as best you can. I will be recording your response and playing it back for my listeners tonight at 2400 hours. I hope it to be a learning experience for us all. Humans like to be afraid because it scares us, but we like to... Uh, it's like dosing ourselves with a poison that we can control, right? Like we um, like to be afraid... But only if we can control the fear. Humans have... Uh, I'm sure Vulcans do as well, but it's probably repressed by your weirdo yeah. um, religion. But... Uh, <laughs> your triangle religion. Um, but um, we have these things called endorphins that are closely oh, tied yeah. to um, a, a drug in our body that our body naturally produces called adrenaline. Yeah, it's a and sweet drug. When things create fear in us, it causes a surge of adrenaline through our bodies, which also releases endorphins in our brains. It feels good. It's it's like it's like a a, a micro pawn far. Yeah, yeah. It's like just a small pawn far that we just have for like a little bit. It's like a little death, a little pawn. A little the little death, right? It's the That's little pawn far. It's the little pawn far. Yeah. We have created something beautiful here today. We're going to win some kind of podcast award. Do they give away awards for this crap? I don't know. Maybe they'll put that cleaning system we were talking about that's on starships on our fucking satellite. That'd be sweet. I am really <laughs> tired of wading waist deep through your excrement. So It smells like onion rings in here. And we haven't had onion rings. so In months. <laughs> One last item of note. If you are listening to this on Earth date October 31st, it is the mm-hmm. final day for you to make your pledge on Patreon and to have me match that pledge. Yes. I have a fully functional replicator, so finding the funds will be quite simple for me. Yes. Explaining the chrononic difference is a bit more difficult. Suffice to say, they will be paid. Yes! Live long and prosper to pawn to pawn's radio program. USS Tapon's radio program. <laughs> Tapon, I make fun of you, but I love you. I Thank fucking you. love Tapon. Dude, Tapon rules. Thank you, Tapon. Thanks for uh, pledging uh, the pledges equal to anything over $500. Or whatever you guys have on Vulcan. What did you used to have on Vulcan? I don't know. Like Lyra? <laughs> it's like Greek money. Our, our next email is from Poppy. Oh, Poppy! 
who says, Dear Lieutenant Commander Ensign Captain Jeff. Damn. And Grand Nagus Reese's. <laughs> that's that's Grand Nagus, yeah, not no, quite Reese's. I, I don't know if I can do Reese's. My voice is getting weird. Reese's is a little bit more like this. Here's Reese's. Okay. That's him. There he is. He's right there. He's back. Copyright protected, motherfuckers. I hope I don't get fired now. Oh, God. Oh, God, yeah, you talked about... Okay, well, I guess this is the last one. Oh, shit, uh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I can't remember where I read the subject line, but it's pretty great. And her subject line is, All the phlegm that's fit to flam. <laughs> that's a pretty good subject. So, I'm gonna just roll up on this planet and take it, I guess. <laughs> All that flim flam talking gave me an idea for a pitch it or ditch it from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> uh, Jake and Keiko are talking about old Hall- er- old Earth Halloween customs on the promenade. God, I love Halloween episodes, so it's going to be really hard for me to ditch this. I agree. Everybody um, loves Halloween episodes. God damn it. Jedzia, hold my beer Dax over here and convinces Cisco to let the station have a Halloween celebration to lighten up the mood because... Dominion War. Sure. Yeah, that's I it. it. I buy cool. it, I'm in. Clark decides to host a con- a costume contest as a front to do some secret smugglings with a Z. So it's <laughs> What would up. aliens dress up as if there's just if humans? they're like, like what they would dress a up as historical human figures? <laughs> Are you Abraham Lincoln? Yes. <laughs> it's just a Nausicaan. Mourn is Abraham Lincoln. Oh god, that would be so fucking funny. I, like they would be like, man, I'm so tired of him doing the whole Gettysburg Address. He does. He memorizes the whole thing. Oh, like God, he won't stop saying the whole Gettysburg Address, and they God. just cuts to him, and he's completely silent, sitting there drinking. Oh my God! All right. Um, yep. Yep. <laughs> so throughout the episode, there is growing tension as small language mistakes by the Universal translators lead to misunderstandings and conflict. Is the I station like really haunted? Oh, God, I love this. Oh, fuck, this is so good. <laughs> B-plot. Garrick is happy as balls making costumes, but he notices Zial's lack of enthusiasm and subtly steers her into hanging out with Worf, who is also not into this. Oh, we do not shit. beg our neighbors for candies. We challenge them to battle their fears. Oh, my God. A Zial Worf? Okay. <laughs> They end up bonding over what it's like to have the heritage of two opposing cultures, but not to be at home in either one. Garrick observes this approvingly. In later episodes, Worf is teaching Zial Batleth and becomes a mentor, because fuck Rick Berman, continuity is awesome. Yeah, alright, I love this. Oh, there's more. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh... O'Brien discovers that someone loaded a malicious subroutine into the Universal Translator. It's labeled shitposting, sir. That mean anything to you, he says, perplexed as he hands a floppy disk to Cisco. <laughs> it was Quark because reasons. It's always Quark. Odo foils him by taking the form of one of Quark's henchmen, thus winning the costume contest and the audience's hearts. The final scene closes with Bashir describing Quark's flim-flam plan to Garrick, who busts out laughing and then has to explain that that's the Cardassian word for gooch. Or is it? The Uh, end. Yeah, pitch that. I'm gonna super pitch that. I love, like, the Zeal Wharf angle. I love when characters who don't belong together, like, are in the same room. I love that. That's that's so good. Giving Zeal some sort of 
like arc would be great as well. So she she's kinda, such a after great her character. original story, she just kind of hangs out wanting to be with Garrick. And that's yeah, it. she's a great character that they misuse. But there's already like fucking like twelve great characters on that show, so it's tough. Not to make excuses, but yeah, I understand. I, I do love her. I understand. You're making excuses for their terrible writing. I'm doing it anyway. Yes. <laughs> I'm done flaming phlegm in your general direction, but I'd like to leave you with this closing thought. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the Enterprise, there is a drawer labeled Data's Dongles. (laughs) Happy Halloween, Trek boys. To Poppy. To Poppy of the (laughs) USS Danger Cat. (laughs) To Poppy. I like To Poppy. To Poppy is good. Um, I think this episode comes out on Halloween. Oh, for real? What's Halloween? Let me look at my calendar here on my computer. Uh oh. Uh, Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. This episode, this emails episode, does come out on Halloween. If you're not a patron. Yeah. If you're a patron, if you're a patron, now I'm saying it wrong. If you're a patron, <laughs> if you're a patron, then it comes out a week ahead of time. It's so like head yawning. on over to if you Patreon.com/slash/mclasspodcast. If you yawn, then somebody else yawns. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> if you say Patreon wrong, you, somebody says it wrong. Our next email is from Sean Boston Sean Dupree. Boston Sean Dupree, Dupree, BSD. Oh no. BDSM Sean Dupree. <laughs> he begins his email by saying, Trek Boys! Big fan of membership drives here. <laughs> Me too. Hey, hey guys, it's time for a new game. I call it Which Folk Said the Quote. <laughs> oh my god, that's a, that's an Eminem rhyme, see? It's, I said it wrong, is why it's which folk said the quote. Nah, it's an Eminem rhyme. It's an Eminem uh, rhyme. It's easy. I'm going to give an actual Trek quote, and you guys say who said it. Winner gets the coveted title, Alpha Trek Boy. Ready? <laughs> Too bad, okay. we're playing now. <laughs> I said okay, so okay. <laughs> it appears we have lost our sex appeal. It appears we have lost our sex appeal. That seems like a Vulcan thing. Or data. I was going to say data. Yeah, that could be a data thing. It seems like a, yeah, like a, I don't, I, I I'm going to say Spock. Uh, that's a good guess. I mean, I, get, I can't pick Spock, so I'll pick data. Okay. Um, Tuvok. It's very uh, funny you to are, note. You are, yeah. It's very funny to note that Tim Russ is at Tim Russ 2 on Twitter. <laughs> He's not one? He's at Tim Russ 2. Who's Tim Russ 1? I don't know. Or it's like a Tim Buck 2 right. reference. Yeah, you got, you got it closest. I'll I say get half a now. point for that one. Yeah. That's tough. Uh, two, sir, I protest. I am not a merry man. That's Worf. Yes, that is Worf, yes. And From the uh, Q-Vosh episode. Yeah, he said, duh, it's Worf. They'll get harder from here. I mean, the first um, one was kind of hard. Nobody knows what the fuck Tuvok ever said. It's true. Except um, for, like, I'm a Vulcan guy. <laughs> Tim Russ knows everything he said. That he has it tattooed on his back like some kind of serial killer. I'm, like, trying to hold my hands over the answers since I can almost see them through That's the fine. black thing you put over them. That's okay. I trust uh, you. Why you're wor- well, you're working so hard at torturing yourself, I can only think that you enjoy it. While you're working so hard at... Tur- well, hard at- well, well, you're working so hard at well. torturing yourself. I can only think that you enjoy it. That sounds like a Q thing. Uh, it could be... A Guinan. Okay. I don't... I can't place oh, this Oh, it one. is Guinan. Yes! Is it to Rolaren? Yes! Yes! Alright, so we're tied up now. Okay. 
No, you're in the lead. Uh, well, no. No, we're tied up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Humans do have an amazing capacity for believing what they choose and excluding that which is painful. Ooh, I've heard this one. I know this one. That sounds like a Spock. That is definitely Spock. It's Spock! Yeah. Okay, we're still tied. Um, <laughs> I haven't faced death. I've cheated death. I've tricked my way out of death and patted myself on the back for my ingenuity. I know Kirk. nothing. That's Kirk. Yeah, that's like 100% Kirk. Yep. Yep. Um, six. It's not safe out th- out here. It's wondrous with treasures to satiate desires both subtle and gross, Ooh, but it's I, not for the timid. I just heard this one. That's That's gotta be a that's, Q, right? No, that's gotta be... Oh, God, where did I hear this? Is this from Discovery? It's something I just watched. It's not safe. Oh, my God. It's going to drive me crazy. God. I think it's from Discovery. I think it's uh, Captain Ding Dong. Captain Ding Dong from Discovery. It's Q. It's Q. Fuck. He said, Q, I'm going to fill some space to make this seem less obvious. So it's a big black bar instead of a small one. Nice. Um, seven, compassion. That's the one thing no machine ever had. Maybe it's the one thing that keeps men ahead of them. Bones. I was gonna say Doctor Pulaski. Uh, girl bones. Girl bones. <laughs> Doctor McCoy. You're right. Yes. Back on back back tied. This is these are tough. Some of yeah. these are tough. Look at these three words written larger than all the rest, and with special pride never written before or since. Tall words, proudly saying, we the people. Kirk. That's Kirk, yeah. We just watched this one. It is Kirk. (laughs) Um, uh, Now, I don't pretend to tell you how to find happiness and love, when every day is a struggle to survive, but I do insist that you do survive, because the days and the years ahead are worth living for. (sighs) We just watched this. Yeah, what it's, is this? It's uh, Edith. Edith Keeler. Oh, it's Keeler. It's Garrison Keeler. <laughs> yeah, it's Edith Keeler. Okay. <laughs> I, I will remember her name forever because I said it so many times in that episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one's like super easy wharf. Our gods so are dead. Wharf. Ancient Klingon warriors slew them a millennia ago. They were more trouble than they're worth. That's such a great line, though. Like, it is. What is su- that's such a fucking, like, pinpoint accurate Klingon thing. Mm-hmm. Like, in that one line of poetry, you can fucking see exactly what the Klingons are. They just killed their god. They're like, fuck mm-hmm. you. <laughs> so I think we're still tied. Yeah. Or no, I got Edith Keeler. Yeah. I didn't, okay. I didn't, yeah. Eleven. Uh, there is no greater enemy than one's fears. Picard. <sighs> I was going to say Picard as well. Yeah. I'll say Picard. Yeah. It's- uh, Martok. Ooh. Um, Martok. Uh, fuck. Uh, Twelve, and you want to be as stupid as them, dear brother? That's lore. Yeah, lore. Hey, it's lore. Looks like I'm the Alpha Trek boy again. Oh, jeez. It may have something to do with the fact that I read the emails, and it's really (laughs) easy to see through these black bars. (laughs) I tried really hard not to look at them, but I'm sure I fucking did. I'm I'm proud that we, like... I mean, we've watched... You and I have watched a 
probably an obscene amount of Star Trek, and you obscene can kind of like, yeah, you can kind of gather who said it, just yeah. the way that they, you know. Um, that was good. That was a fun game. I like that, I game. Like that game. There, there's got to be a better way to do the answers. Like yeah, I tell you but, what, why don't you have the questions and then like at the bottom of the email have numbers and then the it. answers, yeah. so I can only scroll down enough to see the answer for the question. Like in the Reader's Digest. Yeah, <laughs> make them upside down. Guess <laughs> they got to turn the book around. Um, I hope that some of these quotes spoke to you. Happy Halloween from Petty Transport Officer Boston Sean of the USS Tapons Radio Program. Damn, we got some people working on Tapons Radio Program. That's cool. Tapon's cool. Our next email is from Spivzy. Oh, Spivzy. He said, uh, it's titled, Hello, Jeff and or Josh. Hopefully both of you, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. He says, greetings once more, my dear friends. Tis I, Calvert Burton Wood. Oh, for fuck God's sake. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. It's me, Spivzy. I wouldn't oh. have read this email if it was really him. <laughs> I was going to say, Jeff, what are you doing? Uh, Calvert motherfucking, what's his name? Burton Warbly Scotch. I don't know, I kind of miss him. Fuck that guy. Uh, I'm at university at the moment doing a master's in film and literature, and I'm writing mm. a paper on artificial humanity. Okay. How robots are portrayed, what makes an android more or less human, prosthetic slash implanted memories, that sort of thing. Yes. Sounds very interesting. I would love to see this or read this or whatever. How interesting. How? Oh, how interesting. So here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I ran this by my lecturer, and technically, because M-Class can be seen as a critical piece, I could actually cite the podcast as a source when talking about the measure of a man. Oh, man, we're going to be published. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not saying I'm definitely going to. Just throwing it out here that there's well, a chance. Well, I think the question that you need to ask yourself is, do you want an A or not? <laughs> Just throwing it out there that there's a chance of me putting Henderson J, Pennington J, as sources in an academic text. Our names sound so academic when you cite them like that. They really do. I mean, again, you want an A or not? I don't know. It's up to you. I don't know. What do you got over there in England? A's? <laughs> do you guys do A's or numbers? You, got, I don't know. you guys got S's like in Japan? Yeah, S plus. If S you re- star. If you read this out, I knew. I know the both of you will be telling me not to. No. Fucking do it. I do said it. the exact opposite. <laughs> but by the time this episode comes out, I might have already submitted it. Scary, right? <laughs> I... <laughs> Again, please. Yeah, again, I want to see that. I want it to happen. Absolutely. I want to be fucking cited for M-Class Podcast in an academic paper. Fuck yeah. Uh, Here's a pitch it or ditch it. Most of one, anyway. (laughs) This is getting a bit long, so I'll keep it short. Dude, your email is one-nineteenth of a couple of the emails we've gotten. This is not long. Uh, this is getting a bit long, so I'll keep it short. A Klingon in Starfleet uniform has appeared in 10 Forward. Nobody knows who this guy is, but he has intimate knowledge of pretty much every major event on the ship. He even claims to have been part of the away team when Tasha Yar dies, but nobody remembers him at all. What? New, new Klingon knows all of them, except for Worf, who he has never seen before. What? Why? Something something portals. I don't know. <laughs> That sounds like a Star Trek episode. <laughs> okay, bye, Spibsy. 
Uh, I like like the alternate bleed-in reality. There's a lot of Star Trek uh, TNG that has like that alternate bleed-in crap. Yeah, you know? I don't know. There's don't something know. there. There's something there. I think it would be I cool. Would pitch if, it if it had an ending. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be cool. Like if he was like a, uh, like a time agent or something. I think that would be That'd more be interesting cool. to me. Um, but whatever, <laughs> portals are good too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I played that Portal game. Yeah, that was a good one. I played the second one. The second one's more fun because you can play it with a friend. Yeah, that's what Nick and I played it, and I I was cackling the whole time. The game is so like, fucking fun to play with a friend, especially if you're just so fucking good. them over the whole time. It was so like it like I felt tired afterward. I was like, my brain hurts from thinking too much. <laughs> um, our last email of the night. Is it about portals? No. it's okay. It says it's from Charles, but I don't think it is. Is it Charles Warbly Scott? No. He says, hey there, Jeff and Josh, and I really do think Kevin is there this time. Well, think again, bitch. He's not You're here. You're wrong. He's at home. <laughs> he didn't even come to the satellite today. He's fucking sleeping or something. I don't know what he's doing. I guess Kevin is like the command, like the command, uh... Fuck, what's it called? When you're, like, on in line to become command someday? Yeah. Uh, he's, like, he's in line to become command someday, and they keep getting rid of him by shunting him off to the satellite to have him check up on us. Yeah, we're like the Antarctica of Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I finished up DS9 last month, and I thought it was pretty good. The last episode was a bit hokey, but it was good overall. Aw, uh, man, that episode makes me, like, really, like, feel sad. Because, like, I don't know. Like, you can tell, like, they really loved working on the show. And, and like, that's really rare, man. Yeah. You know? There's definitely know. a heart to the, to the last part of the last episode. Like, the beginning is fucking yeah. nuts. But, like, the last part is definitely heartfelt. Yeah. Uh, but looking at it brings up an interesting point. DS9 was a high fantasy Star Trek show. This actually like uh, connects mm-hmm. into the BAM email. Yeah. It has all the hallmarks of fantasy, spirits, prophecies, and it leans more on a space magic explanation than relating things to real world science. Right. Maybe that's why it's more of an evergreen than other Star Trek shows. I also wanted to th- say that I think the mycelial network from Discovery may be connected to Deep Space Nine. It's the great river of commerce that the Ferengi worship. <laughs> Think about it. Swamp-dwelling goblins that worship space mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most fantasy-ass shit I've ever heard. That is great. I'm going to put that in my next D&D campaign. That's so good. Uh, that's really funny. I'll leave, it, I'll leave you with a pitch it or ditch it from my friend who doesn't watch Star Trek. Okay, this should be good. Something about when to say goodbye to old traditions because they no longer have relevance to modern life? Uh, probably something word-centric? <laughs> I guess that was the pitch or digits. <laughs> I like that. Like, there are, like, highly elaborate pitch or digits, right? Like, people go into detail, whether or not they're being serious or making a joke. And then you have just, like, these ethereal-ass concepts that are floated out there as picture editions. I was thinking about, like, you know that feeling that you get when, like, a cold chill runs up your spine? Maybe we should pitch that or ditch that. I don't yeah. know. What do you? How do you feel about the concept of ennui? Pitch it or ditch it. <laughs> Did you ever, like, smell some cu- freshly cut grass? 
grass, pitch it or ditch it? <laughs> I'm gonna fucking pitch it. I pitch Except it makes me feel sick as fuck now, so maybe not. Why? Because I'm allergic to it. Oh god, I love that smell though. Oh. I do love the smell. Um. Oh, and did you hear about the man who escaped Rora Pente? They say the guard shot down the shuttle he stole before he could transport away, but you know how unreliable those reports can be. The Greetings from New <laughs> Greetings from New Tijuana, and then he wrote Charles, <laughs> prisoner four three two nine seven, scratched it out, and wrote Bart, stowaway, Orion Freighter Wanderer. I feel like so like you get to see uh both Archer and Kirk escape Rorapenthe. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like lots of people, maybe not lots, but a couple people probably escaped, and they just say it's inescapable. Like, they're not gonna say I'm that like, people escaped, right? Dude, I am so fucking on the edge of my seat for the further adventures of Charles. Like, this <laughs> dude got locked up on Rorapenthe, he was gonna get eaten to death by fucking Targs, and I then he escaped! That. How'd he get out? He stowed away in Orion Freighter. Oh, God, those Orions, man. They got, like, so many stowaway areas for their secret fucking. <laughs> oh, for sure. Cause for, what... sure. for sure. For they sure. They got fuck rooms A through Z in those babies. <laughs> fuck room double A. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Starting over again. How far does this rabbit hole go? Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, man, I want to hear the further adventures of Charles so bad. <laughs> yeah, I like Charles, and I definitely am not opposed to a warbly son every now and then. Never send that man again. Never send him to me ever again. I'm impressed by his, like, super strange, like, old-timey knowledge of words. It's impressive. Uh, his voice is actually a little difficult to do. But <laughs> it sounded like you could do it. Like, I thought you did good. Uh, I, I like emails that give me the chance to do voices. I like doing silly voices. Yeah, it gets boring up here on this dumbass fucking whatever the hell we're in a satellite. Yeah, there's only there's there's like beds and then our recording equipment in the middle, and that's pretty much. There's a TV on the wall. We had a sit, we had a sitcom episode where uh, Jeff tape duct taped a line down the room and they couldn't cross it yeah except problem, i had the kitchen and he had the bathroom it was crazy yeah. there was also we could only watch half of the view screen at a time that yeah. became really problem and i wanted to watch big mouth on netflix but jeff was like no we have to watch the oj simpson story <laughs> i was trying to watch alf and you were like alf's lame and i said how fucking dare you alf is lame how fucking dare you <laughs> look you know what now nobody gets to watch Parker Lewis can't lose. Now nobody guess, gets to. I guess we all lose. <laughs> <laughs> and that was our last email of it. <laughs> that was a good I'll, episode. I like the lore of M Class. <laughs> it's it's really deep. It's very complicated. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful does it, program. Does it lean more toward fantasy or hard sci-fi? I don't know yet. I think it's hard sci-fi, because of course hard they sci-fi. would put us in some shitty satellite in the middle of nowhere, right? It's probably that's, like a psychological experiment. That's it's not like even a, science fiction. That's science fact. <laughs> it's science fiction, dude. Yeah, we do a lot of fucking on here. Yeah, well, it gets cold at night. So. What else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, it's space, man. Who cares? Yeah, in space, it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight or bisexual. In space, nobody can hear you fuck scream. (laughs) 
In in space, no one can hear you jizz. <laughs> Except the great jizz mycelial network. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in to M Class Email. If you would like your email read on the air, then send that bad boy over to mclassemail at gmail.com. Singular. Singular, just like the show title. Yes. Which has always been that way. Don't Absolutely. go check. Absolutely. We are totally not revising history. No. Don't go check. We're definitely not the modern uh, political spectrum. We're not revising we're not, history right yeah, now. Yeah. We're not Kim Jong-un or whatever. Uh, that's a historical figure for anybody because he's... Yeah. Uh, look him up. Look him up because it's the future. Anyway... Again, thanks for tuning in. If you would like uh, to follow us on Twitter, where we fun we have fun time tweets, which I'm definitely going to start tweeting like we're on a satellite in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> then you could follow us at M Class Podcast. Thank, um, yeah, thank you. Follow become a patron. There. Become a patron as well. Like, there's all kinds of great fun content on our Patreon that's just for patrons. You get a Discord. You get a... a episode of emails comes out early for you you get another uh podcast where we uh talk about whatever the fuck talk about any topics which you guys if you're a patron you get to tell us what topics oh definitely definitely do that because i am so dumb i don't know anything i am too we're both pretty stupid but i don't like to think it's so hard um you can suggest collection ideas episodes for us to watch you can suggest movies for us to do commentary for but only if you're a patron for as low as one dollar a month over on patreon.com slash podcast. Yes. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in again. Thank you, Josh, for thanks, being my Jeff. friend. No, you don't have to thank me. I was always your friend, even in the mycelial cum network. <laughs> Long before we were real, real men, real baby yeah. boys, we were all mycelial cum network. My semenal, my my jizzle. Uh, I'll think. There's about something it. there. Work, There's something there. I'll we'll workshop that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tune in next time for more M class goodness. Bye. Bye-bye.